0: Listen up, all you New York fans. Veteran New York sports talk host John Dostromsky gives his unique take on all the big stories in the Big Apple and beyond, including guest conversations, gambling picks, and reactions from you, the listener. Check out New York, New York with John Dostromsky on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Mismatch presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved quick bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV.
1: Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon. Joining me as he does every Friday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Killian, Kevin O'Porter Jr. Kevin O'Verno! What's going on? Well, we have less than 10 games left for virtually everybody in the NBA. And just looking at the schedule this weekend, um, I started to get super excited because, as we talked about on Tuesday, everything has been heightened because of the play-in. Now, yes, sir. games that would have very little to absolutely no meaning will now possibly have tremendous meaning towards deciding the teams. And I'll just give you like one small example. As I was, when, I, when I was scrolling through, I was like, Oh, the Spurs play the Kings. Like when on earth would I care that the Spurs are playing the Kings given their place in the standings, except for the fact that this year that becomes insanely important to oddly both teams given where they are in the same. So that's just a small example Mm -hmm. of – how, uh, how crazy this weekend is going to be, but let's cover like kind of what happened last night. Um, the biggest was the Mavericks and their very good win over the Nets. Um, there has been over this course of the last week, Hardaway Jr. has been out of his mind. Um, they've been doing this without Porzingis. have the Mavericks and, you know, a little taper off, I think for the Nets as they are heading into the playoffs, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They've taken some losses here. We just saw them against Milwaukee over the weekend. And, you know, they've got Durant, they've got Kyrie, but they do not have James Harden in the fold. And it is insanely noticeable, especially when at one point they a guy was dribbling it up. And I was like, is that Chios? I was like, oh, it's Mike James. How about that? <laughs> Mike <laughs> James. Um, but anyways, uh, kind of thoughts on... Both of these teams, the Mavericks, I think, are, you know, starting to convince me that, uh, you know, as they are heading towards this uh, and whoever they're going to face in the playoffs, I'm thinking more highly of them. And they're certainly got the chance of going in hot. But I do wonder, does this stay the same when Porzingis comes back?
0: Yeah, I mean, with with Porzingis, they've really been bad defensively. You mm-hmm. know, when you have some front courts with Dwight Powell and KP in there at the same time, that can hurt you defensively. And they've been a lot better defensively, you know, with some of the configurations they've been able to have. KP just can't defend in space right now. But he still does raise your ceiling. You know, when you have him out there, his ability to space the floor from 35 feet. So, I mean, in, in some ways, Chris... The Chris Porzingis conversation right now, today, is no different than it's been for us the entire season in the sense that you can't rely on him to be there. <laughs> you just can't. Mm. He comes and he goes. That's the way it is with him. You don't know if he's going to finish games. You don't know if you're going to have him for an entire playoff series. But he does raise your ceiling when you have him. With all that said, though. is that it, it,
1: But is that in theory or does he really? Do you think they're bet I mean, I honestly watch them, and I know that Hardaway Jr. has been crazy hot, and that may be not sustainable. But I watch them, and I mean, I've always kind of liked Powell because um, he doesn't take, you know, he's going to shoot a high percentage from the field. He doesn't take bad shots. He also doesn't stretch the floor out completely, but he's energy guy. And, like, you know, there's stars and there's role players. And guys like that take... A small amount of shots, they keep the ball moving, they fight for rebounds, they defend their position, and I do think that there is, in some ways, it's not always the superior player. Sometimes it's just how it fits together, and there are times when I watch them and think, man, it fits together uh, you know, better when, when he's not there. I don't know. I know it should. I know it should be good. It's not always about the talent. Trust me, I'm watching a team that brought Jaron Jackson back and can't win a game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, like that's what I was getting at, you know, you have Porzingis and in theory like he does raise your ceiling, but the negatives of what he is on defense right now might outweigh any positives on offense. I mean, you mm-hmm. shred defenses with Luka. Period. You know, it doesn't matter who he's on the court with. He is going to get his and create open shots for his teammates. So the value of having KP is that 35-foot you know, floor spacer who opens up even more room for Luca, who is a great pick-and-pop partner for him, but doesn't beat mismatches on mm-hmm. post-ups, who can't make teams pay for putting a six-foot guy on him. That's one of the reasons why months ago, and I know Mark Cuban denied it, but I remember Jake Fisher a Bleacher Report reported that the Mavericks were quietly you know, gauging the market for what you know a return could be for KP because it's a smart thing to do. In the same way that we're questioning the fit, they should take that same approach this offseason. We're jumping ahead here, um, but the reality is that there is those major questionable fits about him. And what we've learned about Dallas is they can still produce at a high level without him. By having other guys take on that floor spacing role, like you said, Hardaway is is lighting it up. Uh, Dorian Finney Smith in last night's game was great. Like you're not going to get that every night, but it's not like you know. We talked about this on Bill Simmons' pod earlier in the week. Me, Jay, Kyle, Man were on his show, and we talked about how in passing, like some shooters, regardless of position, like Carl Anthony Towns is a great shooter. Period. Right, regardless of position, Kristaps Porzingis is not a great shooter regardless of position he's a great shooter for a seven footer and in today's nba maybe you're better off having just a great shooter there rather than a seven footer who can shoot does that make sense yeah yeah and i also
1: the the concern is
0: like you don't get the other benefits of a seven footer is what i'm saying you know yeah
1: right if he's not going to be uh, contesting everything Yeah, is that not
0: contesting everything? Not being a dominant rim protector, not being a dominant rim runner or a post player. Like you, all the benefits of a seven footer aren't
1: there. Right, and I wonder if. I mean, sometimes I think like, yeah, but who's going to be that second guy that you're going to need in the playoffs? Especially if they're running doubles at Luka and whatever, and the and that Mm is, can it be? it's not ideal for Tim Hardaway Jr to be your second guy but honestly like what are the chances that Porzingis is more consistent you know what i'm saying like am i getting that out of him every night am i getting the 20 something that i need out of a second guy um if it's him i'm i'm unsure you know um i'm unsure and obviously look the more space you could give uh, Luca to do what he wants to do. And he's going to find you and he's going to get you good shots. And, and I mean, they're doing it last night. You know, they don't have Reddick in the mix, but the, the Redick numbers, I was checking them yesterday. They're outstanding. I mean, the, like just the, the net rating for him when he's been on the court, they've outscored opponents by 12 points, which is a big number, you know, for, uh, for a guy that was just acquired. Um, and they'll have him, in the mix, and so it's like, okay, who plays more when Porzingis doesn't? And you've gotten these, you know, like I said, you've gotten the big performance out of Hardaway's kind of been the second shot taker in this deal um, without him. I don't know. I, I do think that I really don't know if that they, whoever they're going to play, whoever they're going to match up with, In the playoffs, let's say it was Denver, you know, or whoever, let's say whoever they're going to match up with. I really don't know, honestly, if I, if I think they'd be better off without, uh, with him not in the lineup.
0: So, so you would even, I I think it's
1: possible. I do think it's possible. I watched him last night and I'm like, (laughs) man, you know, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not so sure they, they need him back in that lineup.
0: Yeah, but, but KP, you have to re- play him if he's healthy. Yeah, KP raises your ceiling, though. Of what I know you, of what you can be in on a theory basis. He raises the ceiling. I mean, he could also lower the floor sometimes because mm-hmm. of the defensive limitations, the inconsistencies on that end of the floor. But when KP is on, like we've seen him have some dominant, dominant stretches for Dallas to close last season before the hiatus. You know, he's had moments along the way this season as well. Right. I mean, he, he's a, in theory an incredibly important player, but the fact is is that, you know, let's let's say you're Dallas right now. You're in the five spot at the moment. They could hold that. They have a game up in the Lakers and Portland who are tied, and we'll talk about them fighting for that six, seven spot with the yep. play. Um, Dallas still not out of that yet either, but if they do hold the five, and if they get Denver in the first round, um, that's a super intriguing matchup, and for the Dallas Mavericks, Suddenly, you know, you're playing this well. You're thriving without Porzingis, who on paper is your second best player. And if you're plugging him back in, not a hard guy to plug in. You know, it just changes things of who right. you are. Um, that that makes them suddenly very, very interesting. If they were to win a first round series against Denver and then have Utah or Phoenix in the second round, I'm just saying there's a path for Dallas to make a deep run here. There really is like this year could get super funky. It really could with the teams that we have deep going into the Western conference playoffs.
1: Well, especially because if you can catch Denver and I don't know, Denver would still be favored in that series. But if you're feeding into, and you're going to feed into, if you can get to that four or five, you're going to feed into either Phoenix or Utah. And those are not the no chance series, right, if we're saying, um, hey, now Dallas is going to go play Phoenix, there, there, would be, there would be some people picking Dallas. Oh, yeah, there would. It, it might be foolishness, but I'm saying it's not a given that they would get wiped out by a number one seed as, as would typically be the case. Um, it has become rather evident that he says he is going to be back and healthy for the playoffs, but the Nets have to have Harden. They do. Mm-hmm. It's it's great to have Kyrie Irving and 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 Kevin Durant. That is an incredible it's, it's blessing. Great to have. They <laughs> shouldn't they shouldn't be able yeah. to have the excuses that they have. Like as I watched the game over the weekend against the Bucks and the Bucs went on that eighteen to one run. I was thinking to myself as I was watching it. Like, look at how the ball is just bouncing around everywhere, and they're getting each other shots, and they're cutting to the basket. And then the the other team felt like it was just taking turns. Um, whoever's got the ball in their hands, or maybe one pass to take turns. And people, he started responding, "Yeah, well, we don't have our point guard, or we don't have James Harden." It's like okay, like the the team with two, you know, uh. 20 time all-stars needs another 20 time all-star, <laughs> or else these games don't count. Like it's kind of foolishness, but well, whatever.
0: So, so these recent games, losing four games in a row for the Nets, has it all changed your perception of what they can be in the playoffs?
1: I just think that if oh, they're not winning. Uh, they, they have to have James Harden and they have to have a good James Harden. That's what but, I would say. But but has this it shown your,
0: me. has it changed your perception of what they can be? Like upside with Harden.
1: I think my I think my uh, no, I, I would not say it's uh, no, it has not changed okay. my perception of what they will be with him I am, as I said, hundred times still the favorite
0: in the East with Harden? yes, okay
1: yes, but I, I've also told you a hundred times I'm very hopeful that uh, justice and goodness prevails <laughs> that you can't just throw together guys that literally aren't even playing together in the regular season at all like it, it, to me, that's that's not great for the NBA if you could just throw together three guys that don't even have any logged minutes as compared to their opponents, and it. You know, I know that it's a talent league, but you would like. I want to believe that team and playing as a team, and that going through things together, accumulating scars together. You know, having the ups and downs together, all of those things that they matter and they fortify you as a team. And if you can just, and it might be so, that you can just throw together three guys and it doesn't even freaking matter if they've ever even, like, the, the amount of minute. what do they play, seven games together? I mean, that's crazy. That is crazy. Yep. If you could throw a hun- team.
0: 186 minutes for the big three, Kyrie, Katie, and Harden. 186 minutes, that's it. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's, it's much better. It's much better for the NBA if going forward, if they lose, it just is. Mm. Because if you could just throw it together and guys can force their way out, and and then and then it and it shows that like it doesn't even matter if they play together or not. But I am well aware of how great they could be when it's cracking. I mean, how are you supposed to how are you supposed to guard it? if they've got the three guys going at the same time. So I would just say, my, I guess maybe if you wanted to say my perception was they might be able to win uh, without Harden or they would still be very, very difficult without Harden. But I, I do not think they could get to an NBA Finals unless he's back in the mix.
0: Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. USAA is insurance that could lead the league and assist. That's because bundling auto with home or renter's insurance saves you money. USAA understands the needs of our military, veterans, and their eligible family members. And they've got great rates and insurance options to meet them. See how much you can save. Tap the banner to learn more and get a quote at usaa.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, I'm with you that they need Harden um, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, like not having LaMarcus Aldridge might be bigger than we might have thought. Uh, yeah. Just with having the lack of that big, sturdy, big man um, that, they, that they got him to be, that they wanted Andre Drummond to be. Like they need that presence in a, against a Joel Embiid. They need that presence against a Giannis Antetokounmpo right and that's what they got him for and now they don't have him now they're relying on deandre jordan who is i mean unfortunately nowhere close to the deandre jordan we saw just a couple years ago never mind his prime years um so like they're like it's it's simple to say it but it's 100% the truth they just have to outscore every freaking team you know with their offensive firepower and they can they could, could go to the finals like that but there's no denying chris that milwaukee and philadelphia are the better balanced teams i'm not sure i'd pick him in a series against brooklyn i want to see how brooklyn evolves i want to see how brooklyn looks in a first round series whoever their opponent is but there is no denying that the sixers and bucks are better balanced and what that means for the postseason i still think we need to see how the nets look with hard and back how they look in a first round series but the the Sixers or Bucks very well might be the favorite in a series, depending on well, how things develop, because those teams haven't quite peaked yet, in my opinion. I still think there's more
1: room for them to grow as well. It doesn't it, do, it it doesn't mean a tremendous amount, but I will say I thought it was extremely instructive to watch those teams play over the weekend and saw how Holiday can for segments of time just take a guy yeah. out of a game. Like, now that's the trick. Except for Kevin Porter
0: Jr. Kevin Porter Jr. can destroy him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When they've got three guys, though, when they've got three like that, if you've got a defender that can subdue one of them, right, that you you can just deploy him and you can say, all right, now it's more on the other two. Again, these are these are the decisions you're having to make, which are not easy ones. When if they've got all their firepower, but he can guard him, and he can you know make him inefficient, you know. And uh, I do think that I think there's a real possibility that Drew Holiday ends up becoming a huge story in these playoffs. That he was great. You know, it's it's long forgotten. But the last time we saw him in the playoffs, he was playing for the Pelicans. And, I mean, they're going up against Lillard. They wiped him out. They wiped him mm. out. And he was awesome. And so I do think that there's a real chance that the story becomes this is a different Bucks, And we see P.J. Tucker getting minutes for him now. But that between Holiday and between Tucker, that those two guys can make life so much more difficult on their opponents than in years past when you were having to run out, you know, whoever, but I mean, obviously Bledsoe has been playing, uh, has been playing point guard form for the last couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. But yet yeah, I do think the Drew holiday thing, he, I'm almost more, uh, my perception has probably changed more about them than it has. Uh, the other teams, I would say, Milwaukee, you know, just seeing them in that kind of a game, seeing Giannis score the 49 in the one, which is, I mean, incredible, <laughs> I mean, incredible. Yeah. And they don't have anything for him. They just don't. They don't have. There's nobody. There's nobody. To, you can't look down the bench and say, all right, we're going to deploy this guy to try to make life harder on Giannis. And if you double them, they do have guys that can make you pay. But I do think the the holiday thing is a that's a whole nother world with that Bucks team, and seeing him in a big game, do what he did. I think is uh, uh yeah. I think my perception has probably changed about them, and for the better, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, for, for absolutely. What they give me in the postseason,
0: I think Giannis is also playing with a, a calmness. Mm. Um, a steadiness and a a pace to him right now and in recent weeks and months. And I I thought after he had that really good shooting performance, um, the way in which he talked about his shooting and the importance of it and the work he puts in, there was a real maturity and level headedness about that entire challenge of doing that. And he just seemed to be somebody that like is in a good mental state, you know, and I don't know, like it's just, just watching him play, just hearing the way he speaks about his game. Yana seems like in a really good spot right now mm-hmm. with the way he's performing on the court and the way he's speaking about it. And you look at the talent around him. That's probably a big part of it. You have Drew Holiday who can get those ball handling reps that you're talking about, Chris. You, you have Chris Middleton who can do that as well. You have a good, strong team around you that can do some of the stuff that Giannis now doesn't have to. Like, bringing the ball up the court, you know, creating from the perimeter. Because you have other guys who can handle that responsibility and it's put him in a place where he's really just leaning into his strengths and occasionally he
1: can pop off. And well, take and shots like, one of the it. things I noticed from watching that game was it also plays to just having Holiday lets Middleton play more to his strengths because he doesn't yeah. have to just be this creator, right? Like, I'm going to go and I'm going to... That's not... That's not what he's best at. Is throw him the ball, go get me a bucket. I'm gonna. He's not the the type of guy that to just go get his own shot. Chris, in the way he's that, pretty
0: good at uh, it. though. The, when, but I'm saying in the way other, other superstars are. Right? He, does it, he does it. at a lower volume. But right. like he he does it with a superb efficiency at a lower volume.
1: Yeah, but just, if you get him cutting, you get him running off screens. You let you get a point guard, a real point guard, set him up. Now he can become – a that, to me, is the best of him.
0: Well, and that right? that's the good part about the balance because Drew Holiday is also a guy who doesn't consider himself a pure point guard. He right. considers himself a two guard, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have these two guys, or really three, Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday. None of the three are necessarily run high, pick, and roll all game long, right. distribute the ball, get buckets. They get their buckets in different ways and play off of others, all three yeah. of them. And so there's this nice balance among the responsibilities and the ball handling duties for all of those guys. And then you mix in some other guys, DiVincenzo here and
1: there, you know, you got different guys. No, and they really play as a team. None of those guys, all I'm saying is, and, and Middleton included, none of those guys are best suited for, and you see this all the time in NBA games, the clear out, now here's my guy versus your guy, you know, we're down by one. Now we're going to clear everything out and you go score. You know, that's not, I mean, that's not there. Yeah. But, but as a collective and that is the difference between them and, you know, you watch a Portland game, you're getting that clear out for Lillard. You get, you watch some of these other, you know, there's a lot of teams in the league. That's just how they play it out at the, at the end of these games. And that's not the strength as much with them as just, iso go get a bucket guys
0: well I mean like I said earlier they're lower volume guys but they're still efficient so this season uh, 47 players have logged at least 200 possessions according to the second spectrum number one on efficiency is no surprise it's Kevin Durant number two is no surprise it's Stephen Curry in Mm. scoring efficiency three is Zach Levine but fourth is Drew Holiday tenth is Chris Middleton Wow. So they have two guys in the top 10 out of 47 in points generated from their isolation. So that could be them shooting, passing the ball to a teammate The the Bucks, And when we talk about their balance, I think this kind of hits on it because you don't have to have Drew Holiday do it every possession. You don't have to have Chris Middleton do it. They right. can do it when it's the best matchup for them. So it's like a, a right. far lesser version of the, what the Nets have on offense. With the Nets, you have Katie. Kyrie and James Harden, these ludicrous level scorers right. who can pick and attack those matchups with the Bucks. Those these guys aren't that level, but they still can logically take the same approach at the end of the clock when it's running a pick a roll or running in isolation to find the best matchup. I mean, Damn. having that level of talent alleviates the pressure off of Giannis to do that. And, and instead, he can be the guy who's setting the screen or that's off the ball that defenses still need to account for because he's always such a threat on the court. So I, I, I feel much like you, Chris, stronger about the Bucks and their chances in the, in the postseason, though there's still a lot that they have to prove. That how they move
1: was so good. Oh, So good. Uh, outstanding. Because now outstanding. and they've locked them up. So what are you doing? You, you, you're giving away low first round draft picks. And just, I mean, honestly, a disgusting move by the Pelicans. Honestly. Just terrible, really. I mean, do you put Drew Holiday on that Pelicans team? They're fighting for like home court, maybe. Seriously, I mean that's the that's a difference. I, I don't. I, I don't. I, you you watch you watch Holiday over the weekend. You see what he kind of brings to the table for the Bucks, and it's like, why, 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 why don't you? Why didn't you want him in in New Orleans? <laughs> like, I've been I've puzzling. been working.
0: I've been working through my All NBA teams, uh, you know because uh, awards are due on the seventeenth of the month, so it's mm. a little bit of time. But I'm writing about it on Monday, and um, like it's it, like Drew Holiday deserves to be All NBA. It's just there's so few spots. You oh, know, there's fifteen hard. spots, and there's like some really tough cuts. For those and guys, numbers are crazy it.
1: this year. I just mean, statistics yeah. are crazy. It's not, like,
0: it's not like he doesn't have the numbers. He has right. good offensive numbers. He's outstanding defensively. His impact is is made beyond the box score a lot of the time, mm-hmm. and, and it's just like it's tough this year, like. Like, it's very possible a lot of people are going to have. LeBron that's how he stays
1: and, underrated, like, Kev. Le- Le- they don't Lebron-
0: give him that. <laughs> LeBron and Harden, like, guys like that could be guards on the third team. You know, mm. like, the, the third team could have Rudy Gobert on it, could have Paul George on it. The third team might not have Devin Booker or, or mm. Ben Simmons or Kyrie on it. Like, that's, this is a loaded year. Like, Trey Young might not make the team. Mm. A lot of really good players. So, I mean, with Drew Holiday, he's, he's like on my bubble list of in consideration for all NBA, but this year is so freaking loaded, man. There's so many
1: good players. Hard to find a way for him. Uh, So a lot of people do have, uh, despite what we've been saying about the bucks, people that are holding tickets for NBA championship tickets in Vegas. The two most held are Brooklyn. And of course the Lakers and the Lakers are now trying to stave off, having to play in a play in game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Anthony Davis left with back spasms last night. Oh boy. in their game. Now he says, you know, we're going to see how it feels, but basically, what I gathered from listening to him last night was, "Game's too big, right? Like I'm going to be out there." Um, now, who knows if that is the most prudent thing to do? Um, but unbelievably, that the Portland game is a massive game. I mean, massive game. Because not only do they need to get on the right track, not only do they need to try to keep themselves out of a play-in scenario, this is, I believe, the tiebreaker between these two. Um, and so whoever wins this way, there's, there's a real chance that those teams <laughs> could end up tied yeah. record-wise. And now all of a sudden, this game matters greatly. Um. Yep. In terms yep. of uh, who gets a higher seed and in the positions that they're in, who would be in the play in?
0: They're one and one right now for it's so Lakers yes. versus Blazers. One and one. So this, so will, this is a it.
1: tiebreaker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, it doesn't matter if Anthony <laughs> Davis's back is hurt or not. He's got to get out. He said that he's got to get out there. And <laughs> it's scary, right? You know, I mean, the guy was coming <laughs> back from leg stuff. I mean, I guess this is the downfall to having these insanely meaningful games. Well,
0: <laughs> right? It's well. like if the guy has to play hurt
1: just yeah, so he well. doesn't get the
0: damn seventeen. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got—we we could have a Lakers Warriors. Playing games. Oh my God! Stephen <laughs> Curry and Draymond Green. Ridiculous <laughs> for the seventh seed in the playing tournament. That's a distinct possibility, Chris. I know <laughs> it's so it's so wild that we might actually this this, this drama that could unfold. It's like this is the downside that players have to play more games. You know, and that's a, a negative for the team. It's a negative for the player. That some of these late season games matter more, mm-hmm. but for the fans, oh yeah, it's great for for fans. It's great. I mean, um, and given ultimately, the, like again,
1: like I told you, given the small amount of games that are left, that game tonight could truly decide this.
0: Yeah, and and this game would not matter one bit. No. it would not matter at all. You know, it's like we'd be talking about like, well, the six seed looks like it could be the Clippers. I mean, the three seed looks like it could be the Clippers. So the six seed matchup could be tougher, but Denver's only a half game back. We'd be talking about how teams might slide up and down the standings, not about some great implications about a play in tournament. The importance of winning the game. Like the fact is, is that, this is just another example. We've talked about it every show in recent weeks yep. of why I love the play-in, why oh, the play-in yeah. is going to be great, and why why tonight's game, Portland versus LA, is going to be awesome to watch. And all three it's of those awesome.
1: teams, both Dallas, Portland, and the Lakers, every single game is mm-hmm. massive now. It's for all the a playoff game, all of it. Because one of those is falling seven. Like, there's yep. not enough room. None of them are getting to four, right? <laughs> so. They're going to be 5, 6, and 7 in some order. And so now <laughs> every every game the rest of the way, it's like, I mean, those are three really good teams. And your reward, as you were saying, prob- I mean, you're playing Curry. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to imagine they're going to move anywhere. Uh, you know it, They're probably not moving down. Yeah. They're, the, they're not moving the- up. So, this
0: and San Antonio are really sliding right now.
1: Really? The cratering, yeah. both.
0: Yeah. yeah. You Looks know, it's like, yeah, San Antonio's five in a row. New Orleans
1: still got a chance game and a half back from them. Right. And so, I get it could, it could move um, to where somebody else is nine and 10, but the Warriors are probably going to be eight, and that's going to be who you have to play. And so, <laughs> I mean, how, the, the how, drama stra- would how be, stressful would be how insane. stressful is that? That's actually the one team that LeBron LeBron and the Lakers could play against that might not be thirty free throws to ten free throws. <laughs> <laughs> it might be Curry uh, I mean, gets uh, Curry Curry will get some calls.
0: I'll, I'll tell you what though, Chris. Any of those matchups, Steph in the Warriors versus Luca and the Mavs, Steph and the Warriors versus Dame and the Blazers, Steph and the Warriors versus LeBron mm-hmm. in the Lakers. Any of those matchups Any of them. would be great, yep. great
1: but drama. Those, so <laughs> unbelievably, and, and here's hoping Anthony Davis is going to be okay.
0: I know. Seriously. You never want to
1: hear back spasms. He, you know, he left the game last night, and he said it just locked up.
0: And I was like, <laughs> oh God. I mean, I'll tell you a Chris, Chris. It's impossible not to be worried about what the Lakers can be in the postseason. Teams that aren't healthy, dealing with nagging injuries, LeBron missing the last two games for reasons Frank Vogel won't state. Mm -hmm. It's all very strange, isn't it? Because they
1: they were saying next week for LeBron
0: now, right? Yeah. I mean, Shams Sharani uh, reported yesterday he's being told next week LeBron will be back. Um, So we'll see what happens there. He was supposed to be back in in full this week. That hasn't happened. So who knows really there. The fact is, though, is that Utah and Phoenix, these teams are clicking on all cylinders. I I, I don't think they they should be underrated as teams that could represent the West in the finals. Mm. And the Lakers, it's not only just a matter of health. It's a matter of chemistry. We have some new guys in the lineup. Andre Drummond, there's some fit issues there. Getting LeBron and AD back isn't just a cure all of a sudden when you're going to have a tough matchup right out of the gate with well, a potential play-in and then a really tough first-round series right off the bat. I guess the well, team is rolling. And so, they
1: need Schroeder and hopefully healthy Schroeder back, too. That, too. Yep. like he's They need that the, badly. Yeah, And you, got, you, the got, the you and hope that he protocol. comes back and is yep. able to be... You, who knows? It's, it's, it, it, it's, it's all, all manner it's of effects on guys.
0: It, it's really hard, especially this late in the year. Out 10 to 14 days because the yep. health and safety protocols. Then you get to come back and get right back in basketball shape with days to go right before the postseason.
1: It's, it's just really hard to do. And you need to be outstanding. You know what I mean? Rondo was for them a year ago. Kuzma's better this year. Yeah, so um, much better. Great then, defensively. Yeah, than awesome. then last year. But again... You're going to have to have somebody Um, and Schroeder's been very, very good for them uh, throughout this year. And so it'd be fascinating to see uh, how he's able to come back and how well he's, he's able to play a couple other things that have taken place uh, since we last spoke, the wizards have kept on rocking and made it, I think too late for the bulls. You know, the bulls really needed the wizards to slow down uh, if they were going to have a chance at this, but it's probably a bridge too far right now. Just looking at the standings and no help from their Toronto brethren last night because it, it feels like Toronto. It, it was very awkward yesterday. I don't know if you saw that Nick Nurse press availability. I did not. Was, what what happened? He was asked about. He was asked about whose decision it is that Kyle Lowry doesn't play is not going to play in that game. What did he say? And it just, it got very mealy mouth, you know, Oh yeah, me and Masai, And so, and so, and you know, we've got, we've had games because, because then of course the follow-up question is, well, theoretically, this is a huge game with not many games left in the season playing against the team that's right in front of you in the standings and it just felt like a guy attempting to explain yeah we're punting um without that's what it is. saying we're pun- of course it is that's what it is why yeah. why <laughs> other why would Kyle Lowry not play in a game now they took it to the damn thing to overtime anyway but I mean again like we were just talking about with the AD thing. Yeah, I left the game cuz my back locked up with back spasms, but I'm going to be ready to go for tomorrow cuz I know how big a game that is. Well,
0: <laughs> this is the flip side of that, right? Yeah, It's the flip side, right? <laughs>
1: like if you if you wanted to have a, yeah, and it might be a snowball uh, chance in hell to get to the playoffs, like you got to win that game against the Wizards last night and clearly and just uh, you know you sometimes you can put coaches in bad spots um which i think nurse was in attempting to say why because you can't say you know Masai and uh you know and, and we all kind of got together and we just decided you know what to hell with it i mean what's the best we could do get 10 anyway
0: oh i i just found the exact quote i just have to i just have to read it <laughs> how how it's determined we being myself bobby and Masai, talk about who we want to play and who we want to see and who we're gonna evaluate that's what it comes down to and that's where we are at with it tonight Great, <laughs> great translation. We're tanking out of the playing yeah. tournament because we no. want the seventh best lottery odds and a chance to win the lottery and get Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, yes. Jalen Suggs, or Jalen Green. That's what the translation is. That's, That's what they percent. want. <laughs> That's a million percent true.
1: And hey, and, and you know, last night, you know, hey, your old buddy, uh, oh Kem Birch, Kem Birch, uh, looking good. Best, well, best buyout acquisition. Well, I was watching the end of this, and I thought. Oh, he's a sleeper cell for Maasai because it comes out to the end of the game, and uh, Beal comes up, top of the key, steps into a three, and Ken Birch fouls him on the three-pointer oh, wow. and I, it puts him to the line three times. And this is like a, like a tie game or something. And I was like, oh, look at Ken Birch doing the bidding. And you know, they're sitting there, Maasai and the other guys are like, what what is happening? Why are we winning this game? <laughs> Why is this game in overtime? Let let Mini Oscar Robertson do his thing. Will you guys calm down? And <laughs> Siakam had like a career high, I think. I think it was a career high. Was he had forty four.
0: Yeah, he what? had forty-four <laughs> last night on seventeen of twenty eight. He's had he he's like his shooting percentages are still down on the year. Was but he's had well. some monster performances. I mean, yeah, but yeah, that... I bet I bet they were nervous last night. <laughs> <laughs> well, because what is this... there's, there's really like this is like the it's not a downside of the plane. You're always gonna have tanks teams that would rather tank and lose out but, and have better lottery odds. That's gonna no difference no matter what. But the fact is that Toronto's making the right call here. Because I, I think this team has shown enough during their down year playing in Tampa Bay. Mm. Every game's been a road yep. game for them the entire year. Right. I, I think that they've shown enough over the course of the season with Siakam, with, with getting Gary Trent Jr., still having Lowry, some of the younger guys on the squad. Fred Malachi Benley, Flynn. O- Malachi Flynn. OG and Anobi looking better than ever on the offensive yep. end of the floor. They have shown enough to me. To suggest that if they get one of those diamonds, you know, you know the, the prizes in the 2021 draft, the Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley, that they will be set up for many years to come to be a highly competitive team in the Eastern Conference. And so for them, it makes sense to have those higher lottery odds, hopefully get one of those players, re- do a quick little retool and come right back and be ready to compete for some serious meaningful when is basketball a, games.
1: When is the last time? They had like a high pick, like Valentunas? Really? When was the mm. last time they had a high pick? I don't know. Maybe I'm rubber. forgetting, but I mean, just off the top of my head, like I can't remember because it, it, they weren't even like part of one of those trades that would have netted them a very high pick. It might be, no lie, Jonas Valentunas. And that's what, seven years ago? Something like that. I don't know if they. Ye-
0: Jacob Purtle, they
1: had the ninth pick. Oh, they did. Oh, God, that stunk. They had the ninth pick for Jakob Pertl. What what year was that?
0: 2016.
1: Okay. So that five years own, ago?
0: That wasn't their own draft pick, though.
1: Yeah. That was a trade. Yeah, because, I mean, they've been good for so long and had good records for so long. Yeah, like, so, like
0: with, with their own pick, Terrence Ross, 2012.
1: What year was that? Uh, that 2012? 2012, yeah. Well, no, no. Valanciunas is since then. He would have been after. He would have been.
0: Valanciunas was twenty eleven fifth pick. So Terrence Ross was actually the last one. Oh wow! Twenty twelve Terrence Ross and twenty eleven Jonas Valanciunas. Jeez. So since twenty twelve have they yeah. like had their own pick and the, like the Purtle pick at nine that was yeah. the, the the Denver New York pick. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's been a while. It's been a while since their own pick has been top ten. It's a good year to have a top ten pick.
1: You uh, think so? It's a, it's a good year. Yeah. You like this draft?
0: Yeah. I like I like the I love the top players and I like some of what comes after that. I, I'm there's a lot of guys with big question marks though, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of big question marks of like what their upside can actually be. Um, but the top Evan Mobley, Cade Cunningham, I love those guys. You love both of yeah, them. I, I liked I the
1: uh, I liked those guys I saw in the G League too. The Green and Green. Kaminga, <laughs> yes. yeah, they, they get both... talent, man.
0: Kaminga yep. is raw and young, but. That dude's got some serious talent and he's built for, you know, the NBA.
1: So the Wizards have, and of course the Bulls just got back Levine and they had that big win last night, but it's you know, they're so far behind the eight ball now in terms of games back that they the Wizards have probably um rendered that one, you know non-competitive that we're going to have though that we've got our 10 teams in the east it is much less decided in the western conference and i talked about san antonio and to a lesser degree memphis cratering here at the end um san antonio especially when i went and pulled up their schedule the rest of the way this is wild This game that they have tonight is enormous. They play Sacramento tonight, San Antonio versus Sacramento. And yes, I'm saying it's enormous for the purposes of a play in because number one, they have, as we mentioned, been cratering. They're going the wrong direction very quickly. And if they lose this Kings game, now they have unbelievably gotten the Kings back into this thing, and then you've got the Pelicans sitting there. But I would just encourage anybody um, that might be rolling their eyes, go look at San Antonio's schedule after tonight. If they don't beat Sacramento, bro, they might not win another game unless <laughs> Phoenix rests, guys, the last like game of the season because their because they're seeds locked in. Their schedule is... Brutal. Like we kept hearing, like, oh, they've got the hardest schedule down the stretch. But when you look at it, it's like, okay, which they're not going to be favored in anything after tonight. And, you know, it ends up making the Pelicans Sixers game huge because the Pelicans, I'll be damned, they can get there now. Like it, because San Antonio has fallen apart in the way they have, they have gotten the Pelicans and the Kings who have been playing without the Aaron Fox, for God's sakes, they've gotten both of them like back in it to where they can't just punt like Toronto did. Cause they like have a real chance, especially if sack beats them tonight.
0: And by the way, Sacramento should be going the other way, but I <laughs> they should follow
1: Toronto's lead, but, <laughs> but they're, they're not trying to do that. They've won four in a row. It's you kinda... can't tell Marvin Bagley not to have 24 in the first half. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Marvin Bagley. Cause he did the other up, night. Up, up. <laughs> up, up, up. Get it while it's hot. Get it yeah. while he's playing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, to your point about San Antonio's schedule, they have Sacramento on Friday night. Back to back with Portland on Saturday at Portland. And then on Monday, they get the Bucks at home. Then they get a travel. They have two games in New York at Nets on Wednesday, at Knicks on Thursday. <laughs> and then they close the season with a back to back over the weekend. Two home games against the Phoenix Suns on Saturday and Sunday. That is incredibly difficult. They will not the be symptom. favored in
1: any of those games.
0: Except for tonight. maybe Friday except for maybe Friday, yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah. they, pro- they are favorite tonight, right? Yeah, yeah, they'll
1: be favored against the Kings tonight. And that's it. The rest New of the Orleans, way, they may win, you know, uh, one of those games. But honestly, what's the maximum amount you could see them winning? From well, that? not a lot. But Dude. the thing is, is,
0: New Orleans does have a tough schedule, too, though, because they're about to go on a five game road trip. I know. So and they they've get- been
1: mediocre all year. Yeah.
0: At Philly, Charlotte, Memphis, Dallas, Golden State. You're traveling coast to coast for this road yeah. trip all the way from philly you're ending in golden state and then you got to go back home back home from the bay area to new orleans for your final game on sunday may 16th against guess who the los angeles lakers who that might be a must win game might for be. them so
1: <laughs> well and like this, you were just saying look, wild man not only has portland been hot <laughs> uh recently they gotta win these games yeah which is not what you need if you're saying Antonio you need something sprinkled in there with some teams that don't give a you know they, they don't have to win or it to, might or, be
0: might be Phoenix like you said at the end it
1: could right, be Phoenix might be maybe yeah. but imagine if the kings beat them tonight and we're looking up and you said the mm. the pelicans like the kings getting in would be the absolute most mm. improbable Like I, when I was looking at the standings the other day, I was like, no way, (laughs) no way. They're not impossible.
0: impossible.
1: What what are they? If they beat them tonight, they're one and a half. Is that right? I think they're Mm -hmm. one and a half out. They're two and a
0: half. Right now they are two and a half out. Yeah. yeah. So
1: one and a half.
0: Yep. Yep. And, And their games remaining, they get San Antonio tonight. Then they get two versus OKC at home, right. two on the road against Memphis, a back-to-back, and then their final home game is against Utah on Sunday, May 16th. So there's a chance the Sacramento <laughs> Kings could get in there, too, the way they're playing. Well, no Darren Fox. If they
1: could win tonight, mm, because I don't know, San Antonio might not get another win, and you would just have to get a few. <sighs> I can't I, believe I, it. I, 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 I can't mean, Ella, believe it.
0: Breaking the playoff streak would be great. That would be, that would nice. be Well, be, you're not. That, st- that does not <laughs> count as breaking the <laughs> no, playoff streak.
1: Well, you're right. That's the play-in it, it streak. Do- it doesn't. Which has just begun. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the play-in streak. You're correct. So, <laughs> and by the way, it's not even really a streak that you want. Oh, we made the play-in <laughs> tournament eight years in a row. <laughs> oh, tr- tr- trust me. They're not going to be hanging up a banner in Memphis for making it twice. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, I and hope they, not. They are going
1: to be two years in a row if, if yeah. they could hold the Fort the longest
0: t- longest streak in NBA history. Oh,
1: <laughs> Been in the play in two years in it's existence.
0: Not a streak that you want. So for the Kings, <laughs> I, I highly encourage you, Luke Walton, <laughs> and that <laughs> entire team, coaching staff, in front office, to miss the play in tournament <laughs> and get a higher job. Well, maybe not Luke Walton though, because it might not be a bad. It might yeah. be bad for him if you don't make the play in.
1: No, um, especially but, after that Arizona uh, job got filled. Oh yeah, that's true. That, that's uh, a good point there. Let me let me ask you about um another coach <laughs> because Shams put out this article earlier in the week about coaches on the hot seat and named different guys and of course Bjorken from Indiana was there and Dude, then this has had- been
0: when did we first touch on Bjorken months ago like this has been floating yeah. out there for yes. a long time
1: yeah Dude. and so you have this article come out and then that night you have this just bizarre sequence of events that takes place on their bench where Goga Burke is getting screamed at by Jeff Foster. Like it just feels like a team that's in meltdown mode. Tensions are all so high. Um, you got. I mean, Jeff Foster was mad when you mm. watch that video. That like was mad, man. It, it was like, like I really felt like he had to legitimately be held back. Not like a hold me back, hold me back. I'm trying to act tough. Like he was. He had some fury in his eyes, and I was like, Jesus, what's going on here? Mm. And I mean. I don't know how much money people probably lost betting against them last night, but that might've been the most improbable win in the NBA this year was the Pacers turning around and winning a game last night. Because if there was ever a team that looked like, you know, this is all too much to hell with all this, um, we're just going to. You know, we're going to lay down, we can't stand this guy, whatever. It was probably them. But not only did they win the game, you look, they're going to be involved in this thing. They're going to be involved in the play-in with a chance to become a playoff team. And yet you have this whole Bjorkren, and the players don't like him going around. And the blow-up on the bench, what do you make of it all?
0: It's all very strange, man. Did yeah. you see the uh, Jake Fisher Bleacher Report report as well? Um about some of the stuff in there with TJ Warren not ha- according to Fisher not being happy mm. about the Bjorkran hiring and obviously he's been out the whole year, some other stuff about Bjorkran and the way he is with other coaches and players and all that. Um it's been there's been stuff floating around all year long about Bjorkran in Indiana. And some of the unhappiness that players have had in that situation. So for them, man, I mean, you see the way Nick, Nate McMillan is making an impact in Atlanta. It's hard not to wonder if they might have made a mistake here.
1: Well, and you don't think might have made a mistake. And you don't think those players see?
0: that? Well, I mean, I say that it's not like McMillan was this fantastic coach with the Pacers. And it's not like that they it felt like they were maximizing what they could no, be. But that was office. a playoff thing. It, that it, was a
1: that was a playoff thing. It was. May,
0: it maybe may that be, was not
1: re- a re- they overachieved in the regular season regularly. Yeah, that was a playoff thing. Sure, right? Which was Nate's downfall was not just getting beat; they got stomped in playoff series they were winning zero and one games and, they were and never that, like they weren't like you know oh i can't believe it like they lost in game six and they got beat at the buzzer like they were getting wiped out in playoff series over and over and over well and is so that a,
0: is that a mcmillan thing or is that a a talent thing
1: it might be it might be some of both i mean but i do think that it was not necessarily unfair uh like it's if you go look at the playoff record, it's hard to defend. It they is. got
0: swept by the Cavs in twenty seventeen. They went to a game seven against the LeBron and the Cavs in twenty eighteen. Then they got swept by the Celtics in twenty nineteen, and then swept by the Heat in the bubble. Yeah. So three three sweeps in the first round. That's not good.
1: All I'm saying is you gotta <laughs> yeah. mix in some wins there. I know. Even yeah. if you just go to six games, it's like, all right, we were competitive. But they well, got it- and they had wiped that great out.
0: game seven. They had a great game seven against LeBron yep. and the Cavs when Oladipo had a great series. So right. they had one moment. But they've gotten
1: wiped out yeah. um, in these last few. And I mean, I, I think twofold. Yes, they have not. I don't think that we look and say they blew it. They should have won. They were, they were the favorite in this spot and they blew it. Uh, that's, that has not been the case. But. They have not been competitive, and I do think that playoffs is where coaches can really, uh, you know, people's perceptions are based upon the biggest games, and the truth is when it has come to playoff series and a team just has one team to prepare against, that preparing against the Nate McMillan team has has not caused opponents problems, Mm. you know what I mean? They've just decided, you know, like, and that's why they have not been competitive. Because even, I mean, God, man, you don't see a ton of sweeps in the playoffs. You really don't. You don't see a ton of sweeps. Usually you get a game. And certainly in those cases, you would have think you'd get two games. You know, yeah. might have six game series mixed in here, but just getting wiped out. Yeah. Kind of, but This guy, they all hate this guy, so obviously they made a mistake. If my choices are Nate McMillan or this guy, I'd like to go back in time.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's let me make that clear, right? Well, you hope that you got the what they wanted was the Nick Nurse, you know, bump, right? Like we think that this can be different with Nick Nurse on the sideline. Now. We'll never know. Was it different because it was Kawhi Leonard on the sideline, honestly? In, or was it different because it was Nick Nurse? But you hope that you can. Or once upon a time, you know, Rick Carlisle was let go in Detroit. They brought in Larry Brown, and it raised their ceiling greatly. This guy, this guy did not raise their ceiling at all. And, in fact, has probably actively made them a worse team. And they don't like him. And nobody knows who he is anyway. Seriously. Nobody knows who that is, you know? The only thing that any NBA fan knows about Bjorkren is that the Pacers don't like him. (laughs) That's a tough spot. That's not not a good thing. That's a tough spot, right? Um, So anyway, yeah, but they're going to be involved in it. They're going to be playing in a a play-in tournament. Um, We talked about the super meaningful games. We've got Blazers, Lakers, Phoenix, and Knicks. Ends up big. Denver, Utah ends up big. And that's just tonight. Also, that Sixers, Pelicans that I mentioned uh, earlier. So, we got a bunch of massive games that are coming up this weekend. Uh, but the last thing before we get out of here, your buddies with Nick Wright, you brought I him on our Bryce. own
0: yeah.
1: podcast, The Mismatch.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Nick Wright has become a, a voice. I mean, I know Kendrick Perkins, there's been some others uh, that have piped up, but they're starting uh and and Brian Windhorst you know had his uh deal on the podcast a couple of weeks ago but we're we're now to the point in the season where okay Jokic has gotten too much love now we need to manufacture the uh <laughs> the backlash right to uh for Nikola Jokic um and so whether it's uh, Chris Paul's name being thrown in there by some uh, Joel Embiid's name being thrown in there by some, it, it feels like we are now towards the end of the season uh, getting this, okay, we got we to gotta turn this into an argument. This guy should not just be the runaway guy. And uh, I, I believe Nick Wright uh, tried to call him the worst MVP in 35 years or something. I was like, ridiculous." Yeah, but what do you make of the backlash?
0: (laughs) I mean, that 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 comment, the worst MVP in 35 years, is where the take got a little too hot, right? (laughs) (laughs) Got a little little too hot. Hmm. Um, But like, I understand his points about Chris Paul. You know, the intangible aspects, the the culture that he brought to Phoenix. The fact that Chris Paul has been a great player. But with all that said, Nikola Jokic is having one of the greatest offensive seasons in the history of basketball. He is a very good defensive player. He is an elite rebounder. He is the culture in Denver. He is what has made the Nuggets what they are today. It's been manifesting for years. And now he is peaking as a player in the culture in Denver as well around him. So Jokic has all those intangible factors that he rightfully says about Chris Paul where he's wrong is his in his an assessment of Jokic as a player which far heavily outweighs Chris Paul and most anybody else in the entire league this season because of the sheer fact he has played every single game well, he has been the center of that offense and defense every single game when so many other guys have missed games Jokic is the MVP it's clear and I would say he should be if not unanimous pretty freaking close to it Chris pretty I think it's very it.
1: funny and there is a there's a video that's out there Uh, where we talked about this probably, I don't know, two months ago. These discussions that people are having are discussions that we talked about two months ago. I I brought up and I said, Chris Paul is going to get in this mix. People are going to... You did call that. I called my shot on that because he's made them so much better. And I said at the time, which is what I'll say today, he doesn't have the numbers. Like, you can say, well, we shouldn't care about the numbers, and you can talk about his impact, but, like, if we're going to talk about what the MVP is, like, you do have to have the numbers to go along with it. And if you want to start doing the whole, okay, well, this guy, uh, what what do you want to start doing? You want to start doing, okay, well, they win now. Like, this team was never in the playoffs. They were never whatever. They might have the number one seat Again, I'm with you. He is intensely valuable uh, to that team. He might be the most valuable player to his particular team, but let's not act like we haven't been doing these awards for a million years. And that, yes, you do have to line up the numbers against what MVPs of the past have done. If we are just going, because that to me, like, the numbers become objective i look at that and i say okay jokic is having one of the greatest seasons of all time if you want to say numbers are up these are these are inflated whatever you want to say he is having one of the greatest seasons of all time statistically and i see that on paper if you just want to say we could start looking at wins and losses to determine who is most valuable to their teams and they don't have to have the spectacular numbers to go with it. Well, then we are now going to, we're going to move into a different deal as we are uh, trying to name an MVP every year. This is just a, you know, uh, an obvious contrarian, you know, I don't want, no, I mean, listen, to win listen it I, I, I don't, I don't think,
0: I don't think Nick is incorrect in the fact that the intangibles matter, but he's not the only one. People are trying to find a different guy. Chris, I know, I know a hundred percent, but I'm just saying, I'm glad that the intangibles are being talked about because it is about more than the numbers. And that is part of part of like, to me, hearing him speak about Chris Paul and the intangibles and what he's done to that team I hear all that, and it's like, thank you for speaking about the intangibles. It should matter. And that is another one of the reasons why Jokic is the no-da, obvious, no-brainer, most valuable player for the 2020-21 NBA season. Because he has the numbers, he has dominated on the court, and he checks the box for the intangibles, too. Because of what he is for that team in the culture that he brings to that team and how he defines what the Denver Nuggets are. <laughs> and, so, like, I'm glad the Intangibles are part and, of the conversation, but,
1: like, it's Jokic. <laughs> Sorry, Nick, it's Jokic. Well, look, you take Chris Paul off, yes, they're not good still, anymore, right? Uh, I get it. Uh, but so guess what? Be. Take Jokic off that Nuggets team. They suck. Yeah. If they take him, if he's off that, if he's not on that team, give me a break. So it's not just like, oh, okay, this team stunk, and now they added Chris Paul, and they're awesome. And so now we're gonna, like, okay, let Yo- let Jokic go out. You tell me how many games they win. It's not, it's not, it's not a lot. Trust me. He, mm. is, he elevates all and legitimately like, makes people better, just like Paul does. And he's got the crazy-ass numbers to go with it. You know? Yes, sir. Yep. All right. Uh, it's going to be a fun weekend. It's going to be a fun last couple of weeks leading into mm-hmm. w- whatever teams we get uh, in this play-in uh, play uh, scenario. That is going to do it for another edition of The Mismatch. Thanks so much, for Erica, for filling in today and producing our show. And we will talk to you next week. Have a fun weekend, everybody.